Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. If, uh, if you have your Bibles, would you turn in your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter number one, go to Matthew one, and then hold your hand there, and we'll go to Luke two. We're going to go to the two, I'm sorry, let's actually go to Luke one. I'm going to go to the two spots where the Christmas story is found. Luke two, of course, is the more, I guess, familiar one. It's the one that, that I think more often we read at Christmas services, or uh, how many of you, uh, your family, you have to read the Christmas story before you open presents. Let me just see that. Those are the, that's the longest verses in the Bible. Kids are waiting to open their presents and mom and dad. And sometimes, depending on the family you're in, you know, we've gotten a little bit in our complacency in American Christianity. We kind of lower it to like eight or ten of the verses. But some people, they go all the way through that whole Luke 2. And as a kid, the younger you are, the longer that story is. Can I get an amen, kids? And so Luke 2 we know of, but Matthew 1 and, and Luke 1 give the account of Christ coming to earth. And I love Christmas time. I love hearing you sing. I love singing those. I, 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 this year it is a little bit different, but I, I love seeing the decorations. I love uh, at the, uh, the outlets at San Clemente. They have that huge 100-plus foot tree there. And, and Fashion Island Spectrum, they've got all the decorations, the shopping centers and homes. And, and uh, driving around, we're planning after church tonight to get a little snack and drive around some neighborhoods and look at Christmas lights with our family. And, and I love those. I love the memories and the hot chocolate and the, the eggnog and all of those things, decorating the house and whatever it is that are your traditions. I, I love those things. And it's hard to believe. Three weeks from today, uh, we will have already opened all of our Christmas presents. That will have been done a couple of days before. We will have already broken some of our Christmas presents and or exchanged some of our Christmas presents probably by now, right? And uh, three weeks from today, it will all be done. How many of you, you've are, you're already done, completed with all of your shopping? Anybody? Some of you are already done. Already done. Either you're really good planners or you're a Scrooge and you didn't have to buy very many presents. I'm not sure. Probably good planners. That's probably what it is. And how many of you still have some more to buy? How many of you? And how many of you haven't even started? Have not even, wow, more of you have not started than those that have finished. And haven't even, and last minute, thank the Lord for Amazon, I guess. And uh, standing in line somewhere on Christmas Eve. And uh, but we're, we're, as we enter this Christmas season, today was the first Sunday with the decorations. Next Sunday, we have the Christmas music service, and we'll have the candlelight service. We have different things happening. But uh, it's an exciting time of the year, and I love it. I love to see the joy in people's eyes and people's faces and lives and young children. I, I read about a mom who wanted her two-year-old to understand the real reason of Christmas, and her daughter's name was Ellie. We have an Ellie in our church. Her daughter's name was Ellie. And she said to Ellie, we're going to bake cupcakes to celebrate Jesus' birthday. That's what Christmas is about, is celebrating the birth of Christ. And in that childlike wonder and innocence, Ellie looked back to her mom and she said, is Jesus coming over? And uh, it's that, and by, by the way, and, and kids, just the way that they think, it'd be a great question for all of us to ask ourselves is, is Jesus a part of our Christmas plans? And is Jesus coming into our Christmas celebrations? And I'm not, as I mentioned earlier in the service, I'm not preaching a Christmas series this month. Um, but, but tonight and the Sunday morning before Christmas and the Christmas Eve service, I do plan to bring a Christmas-themed message. And tonight I want to bring a message entitled, God's Gift 
to you this Christmas. One of the joys of Christmas is to, some, one of the joys is giving. It's more blessed to give than to receive and to, to put some time into, into purchasing something or, or putting the thought in. But one of the joys is to find out what did somebody get you. And I wonder what that is, and that's why we wrap it up. There's kind of an excitement of the mystery of what's inside that package and what's in that box. And, and some of you, you like surprises, and so you don't, you're like me. You don't touch the presents all year. You put them under the tree. If people, if you give me a present um, over the next week or two, I will take it home. I'll put it under the tree, and I want to wait. I want to wait till Christmas morning. I'm not tempted to try to peek or to open it early, to shake, to find out what it is. I, I love the surprise, and I like to wait. Some of you are like my wife. You don't like surprises. And if somebody gives you a present today, you'll have it open before you get to the car. And you ruin all the joy of Christmas Day. And you, you, you look, and you, when you were a kid, you would go try to find the presents where they were hidden to find out what mom or... How many of you are like me? You like the surprise, and you don't try to find out. How many of that? How many of you are like my wife? You, 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 you try to cheat and go find out. Doug's got his hand up right there and find out uh, what it is. But there's a joy of finding out what, what is in that present. And tonight I want us to talk about there is a gift that God gave us that first Christmas that is still that gift that he can give us this Christmas in 2020. And uh, I hope that the, the message, we're really, it's, I don't have an outline, it's not a three or four point outline, but it's just a walk through these two stories, seeing a theme and hopefully encouraging us in the midst of a season and a year where this gift has been lacking in many people's lives and a reminder of what God wants to give to us. And so I hope that it'll be a blessing. Let's look, Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse number 26. Luke 1 and verse number 26. The Bible says, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail! Thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Sounds like a good announcement, right? Let's look at Mary's response. Verse 29. And when she saw him, she was what, church? She was troubled. God's working in our lives. Sometimes it doesn't bring joy. It brings trouble. It brings fear. It brings uncertainty. He said, you're highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And she thought, what are you talking about? She was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. What, what's going on here? And notice verse number 30. And the angel, the angel said unto her, what are the next two words, church? Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Skip down to verse number 65. Verse 65, if you will, for the sake of time. The Bible says in verse 65, and fear came on all that dwelt round about them, and all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all, throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And, and the hand of the Lord was with him. I'm sorry, I think I said 63, and I started with 65, 63. And he asked for a writing table and wrote, saying, His name is John, the birth of John the Baptist. And they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loose, and he spake and praised God. And fear came on all them that dwelt round about them. It's, it's scary sometimes in our lives when God starts to work in our midst. 
It's scary sometimes when our lives get interrupted and unsettled. What's going on? What, what child is this going to be? And all of these, these, these things surrounding the birth of Christ. Scary, isn't it, when things don't go according to our plans and what we were expecting? And, and I'm not saying that 2020 is exactly like it was that first Christmas for Joseph and Mary and, and Elizabeth and Zacharias and John the Baptist. And I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is there are some things that have happened in our lives that I wasn't expecting that. God, what are you doing? How are you working? Some of that's related to the pandemic and the shutdown and all the craziness of our country and the elections. And others of it has nothing to do with any of that. It's just some stuff that came into lives this year that maybe wasn't expected last, if you take yourself back a year ago at Christmas time there. Look at verse 68, speaking of Jesus. It said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Skip down to verse 74. That he would grant unto us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without what, church? Without fear. Look at verse 79, for the sake of time. To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Christ's coming was all centered around a main theme here. I want you to continue to see it. It's awesome when God's word opens up. And, and now Jesus is born in the manger in chapter 2, the birth of Jesus. And we pick up the story for the sake of time. Look at verse number 8 in Luke, in, uh, Luke in chapter number 2, verse number 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in their field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were, last two words of verse 9, church, they were what? They were what? Sore afraid. Again, God working, unexpected circumstances, unexpected events, just going about their daily routine, and God upended and changed everything they were doing, and they were sore afraid. God working in their lives brought them to be sore afraid. Notice what it says in verse 10, and the angel said unto them the next two words, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The angels ran, uh, the shepherds ran to experience Christ personally. And when they did, great peace came into their lives and they couldn't keep it to themselves. And so now the story is Mary and Joseph, they take their infant to, the, to Jerusalem, to the temple there to dedicate him to the Lord. We're having parent baby dedication coming up in a couple of weeks and two Sundays. And, and they take him there and they take Jesus, a good example to us parents, get our family to God's house, dedicate them to him. And notice what it says in verse 25. The, the adoration and prophecy of Simeon, verse 25, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He knew he would not die before Messiah was born. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart 
in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. By the way, Jesus should have that effect in our lives. Verse 31, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. You starting to see the theme here in chapters 1 and 2? The theme of his birth. The same message to Mary and to Zacharias and those around him. The same message to the shepherds and to Simeon. What? Fear not. Now turn with me, if you will, look at Matthew chapter 1. Matthew in chapter number 1. Notice verse number 18. Matthew 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found of child with, the, with, with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily or privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David. What are the next two words, church? Fear not. To take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, what, what is it that the prophet said? The prophet says in verse number 22, 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Have you seen the theme? Have you guessed what God's, and this is a very simple message tonight, but it's an encouraging one. What is God's gift to you this Christmas? What does he want to give to everyone of his, of his children and every, every child of God. What does he, why did he send Jesus? What does he want to give to this world? What does he want to give to every unbeliever? He wants to give peace. God's Christmas gift to you, God's gift to you this Christmas is peace. Fear not, fear not, fear not. Why did Christ come to bring us peace, to bring us rest, to be the answer, as we saw this morning, to every one of life's questions? And we struggle with questions, and we struggle with doubts, and we struggle with fears, and we struggle with uncertainties, and what's going to happen here, and what's 2021 going to look like, and how's this going to work out there, and what's going to happen in this relationship, and how's this going to happen in my life, and God, what are you doing here. And, and the Christmas story, if I had to encapsulate it, they sang it today. Of, I heard the bells on Christmas Day of peace on earth, goodwill to men. What does God want to give every single one of us as we celebrate and realize and recognize the coming of his son? It is peace. It's, it's, it's wrapped up in that word in verse 23. You shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is what? God with us. God with us. How much more comfort can we have? The creator of the universe is with us. I don't know what you're facing. Some of you I do. Some of you I'm praying with you about big needs in your life. And others of you, I've, I've texted people today. We have one in our church that's in the hospital right now. And we have others that are waiting for some news from doctors tonight. And, and I know of some physical needs. And I know of some financial needs. And I know of some spiritual needs in people's lives. I've met with this week in my office. And they're struggling. They're walking through a valley right now. And I know of some relational needs. But, but how much peace and comfort should it be that whatever you're walking through, and for many of you, I don't know what you're walking through. But whatever it is you're walking through, it's God with us. He's there. 
That's, that's the story of Christmas. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, he sent the ultimate one to bring us peace and rest and comfort. God robed himself in human flesh to dwell among us and die for us. Why? Peace. What did they say over and over again? Mary, fear not. Joseph, fear not. Zacharias, fear not. I have a plan. I'm working in your midst. I know what's happening. Fear not. Simeon, fear not. Fear not. Shepherds, fear not. Peace. It's been said the opposite of fear is faith. In our faith, believing without seeing should bring peace in our lives. I don't know if you've ever traveled to a foreign country. I've been to several. I've been, and, and I've, I've been, Pastor Sammy and I, we've been to a couple of foreign countries. We've been to Israel and, and Cuba. Are those the two we've been to together? And uh, uh, going to Cuba, of course, they speak Spanish. I speak very little Spanish. And I've been in countries with, there, and I've been to other places. And it's a very lonely feeling to be in a place where you don't understand the language, you don't know the culture, you don't know the people, and you're all by yourself. That can be a very scary thing. But you know, if you're with the right person, you're with Pastor Sammy, it brings some security on a couple of levels. Number one, not a lot of people are going to mess with Pastor Sammy. He's a little bigger than I am. So I can get kind of bold and, and courageous when I'm with him. And number two, when we're in a place like Cuba, he knows the language. And so we go into a restaurant. I'm not worried about what kind of food they're going to bring us. And we go to a hotel. We go, whatever the troubles that arise, if I've been in countries, in, in foreign countries, I think of the first time we traveled to Ukraine and the police department there, very corrupt, and they will pull people over to bribe you just to get money from you. You didn't do anything wrong. They just pull you over. They say, okay, how much are you going to give me so I don't give you a ticket or I don't take you to jail? And you're supposed to just give them a bribe. And if I were by myself driving a car, not knowing the Russian language, and they pulled me over and came up to my window, that'd be a very fearful thing. I've been there where they waved us over and, and the missionary I was with, he said, well, this is just par for the course. I said, what'd you do wrong? He said, nothing. They just randomly pull people over and it's how they make extra money. He said, I don't, I don't do that. I've never given a bribe. I let them know I'm a, I'm a missionary and it goes against my values. I believe that that is a dishonest thing and so I don't do that. And so far, I've never had a problem. He said, it'll be fine. Again, think about if I were in a car by myself getting pulled over by uh, police in, a, in, in, in the eastern block there, uh, European block there, and, and getting pulled, it would be very different. I don't know the language. I don't know what they're saying. I don't know. They want my money. They want my passport. What's going to happen? But when you're with the right person, it brings a calm. They know how to handle this. They know what's going to happen. They know what this looks like. It brings a peace. It brings a comfort. If you're with the right person in the right circumstances, it brings a peace. I saw this a few years ago with our daughter, Annalise, who's here. And I, I don't normally single out my kids for an illustration, but this is a good one, and it goes along with this. But Annalise, back, I, was, I think it was about four years ago. I don't know if you remember this or not, DJ, but about four years ago, and I think we have a picture of her when she was about that age. Annalise was two. And so she was just a little thing. It was, it was right around Thanksgiving, Christmas time. And DJ, you and Sarah were going out of town. And you asked us if we could watch your dog, Bailey. And if we could watch the dog for a couple of days, I'm not sure. And, and we, we didn't, we've not, uh, in Annalise's lifetime, we've not had a dog. Is that true in our home? If, if we did, maybe when she was an infant. Uh, we're looking for a dog right now, but we're trying not to spend $10,000 on a dog. We found out that they are very expensive right now during COVID. Three, four, five thousand $5,000 is a cheap dog. So, and, uh, but, but uh, anyways, so we're, we're on a search for a dog in our family right now. We have been for a few months, 
But Annalise, she loves the idea of pets, especially at that age. She loved the idea of dogs. When she would see them, she would get excited. Uh, She loved dogs at that age as long as she was in daddy's arms. She would laugh at them, laugh and point. She wanted to pet them. She would tell you, do you like dogs? She would tell you, yes, I like dogs. But the, those few days while we were watching that little dog, that dog, Bailey, while they were there, if she got down on the ground and mom or dad were not around and that she came face to face with the dog, it was terror. That Thanksgiving four years ago, if, if Annalise and Bailey would come face to face, you would hear her scream, Daddy, Daddy, no, no, Daddy. She was calling out for Daddy, help, Daddy. Now it's understandable. Bailey is a, an aggressive, fairly ferocious animal. I think, I don't know the exact breed, but I think maybe a distant cousin to a wolf, the, the full-bred wolf. I think we have a picture of Bailey right here. And uh, there it is. <laughs> and there is that ferocious animal that struck terror in the heart of that two-year-old little girl. What is Bailey going to do to you? Absolutely. Other than maybe bark or yap or whatever, Nothing. And even at that age, Annalise was much bigger and much stronger than Bailey. But in her heart, if daddy wasn't around, it brought great terror and it brought great fear. That little dog instilled fear in my daughter's heart when I wasn't with her. And when I would pick her up at that, those few days, I would pick her up, you could feel her heart beating out of her chest and the, the fear of what's going to happen with this circumstance by myself. And as soon as I would pick her up, she would immediately calm down. Peace would come to her. The smile would return. And she would say, Bailey, nice. I like Bailey. What was the difference when dad was with her she could face her fears. When dad was, and it was all fine. I was good. It was all good. It was joy. It was peace. But when dad wasn't, it was terror. It was fear. I thought to myself, isn't that how we are so often? When we get away from God's presence, when God is not with us on a practical level, now if we're saved, the Bible says he'll never leave us nor forsake us, but on a relational level, we can draw away from him, can't we? Our hearts can grow cold, can't they? Didn't the psalmist say, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation? We we can walk in the flesh or we can walk in the spirit. And on a practical level, we can, now we can never do anything positionally to to get away from the presence of God. But sometimes in our practical day-to-day lives, it can feel like he's far away, can it? Didn't the psalmist say, it feels like I pray and, and it feels like it just hits the ceiling and comes right back down. It feels like it's, there's nothing there. Does God hear me? Does he know what what I'm going through? Now we know theologically the answer to all of that is yes. Theologically. Logically, all of us would say yes, but practically, sometimes in our lives, the circumstances come, and if we had to be honest, we think, I don't know if he's hearing me. I don't know if he cares. I don't know if he's there. Now, again, I know academically, yes. I know theologically, yes, but in my life, on a practical level, I'm struggling right now. We get away from God's presence, and and the trials and the burdens of life terrify us, and I believe that our Heavenly Father up in heaven looks at our trials 
trials and our burdens and our fears and our uncertainties and because we can't see them. And he looks at them the same way that I look at Bailey. And I say, why is that burdening my little girl's heart? It's just a, a, a tiny little thing. Why is that such a fearful thing? That dog's not gonna do anything to you. And if it tried, I wouldn't let it. I'm right here in the same house with you. I'm close to you. Why do you let that little dog terrify your little heart? And I feel that way as a dad. But then I have to think that sometimes he feels the same way with you and with me. Why are you letting that news terrify you? And why are you letting that uncertainty shake you? And why are you letting that trial and that valley really, really rock you to your core? And I'm not trying to, to, to guilt you if you're struggling through a valley. I'm not doing that. What I am saying, I believe just like that we look at that and say, she had nothing to be scared of. I believe that the God of heaven looks down and says, my child, fear not. I sent Jesus to bring you peace. You have nothing to be scared of. You have nothing to be terrified about. You're not going to do anything by staying up through the night, losing sleep over that. Go ahead and lay your head down on the pillow and rest in my strength. And the dad scoops us up in his arms and our hearts beat out of our chest. And we realize, okay, when I'm with dad, that dog can't do anything to me. And Christian, when we're with the heavenly father, nothing can do anything to us. Nothing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. That's why God sent Christ. He is God with us. Emmanuel, God with us in certain circumstances. When you're with the right person, there is no fear. There is no uncertainty. There is no, why? Because they have the authority or they have the knowledge or they have the experience. They know how to do that. I've been to a few places and you know, when you're with somebody that has special access or privileges. When I first moved here, Brother Javen, you remember, you, you asked me to go to a Dodgers game. And I, I don't want to say it publicly, but that was the last time you ever did that. Remember that you haven't taken me to anything else since then. But Javen said, hey, I heard you're a Mets fan. Let's go to a Dodgers game. And Javen had these tickets and these tickets that led you right behind home plate and the Dodgers club. And you walk in and everywhere you go, you can go into any door in Dodger Stadium. You can eat any food in that whole restaurant. It was a full buffet and prime rib and Dodger dogs and candy and all of that stuff completely free. And when you're with the right person, just an idea for a Christmas present, Javen, just something in, 20, something in 2021. But uh, when you're with the right person, the experience is totally different. And what is Emmanuel? God with us. When he's with us, it should take away all fear. That is the Christmas gift God wants to give you this year of 2020, peace. It says right there, the prophet foretold. It said it was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, verse 22, saying, well, who was that prophet? That was Isaiah. And he said in Isaiah 7, you'll call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 9, verse number 6, what does it say? For the prophet foretelling, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called, what church? Wonderful. What else? Counselor. What else? The mighty God. The everlasting Father. The Prince of peace. The Prince of Peace. This Christmas, do you have peace in your heart? Are you stressed out? Are you burdened? Are you fearful? What are we celebrating at Christmas? That God is with us. He came to give us peace. Yes, eternal peace. Of course, that's what it's talking about. Eternal peace and salvation and forgiveness of sins. 
But what did he also, it wasn't just about eternal peace. He also wants to give us earthly peace. I mentioned it this morning, uh, but, but you see that all through scripture, uh, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your request be known to God. And the peace, which passes all understanding. Yes, eternal peace, but also earthly peace in our hearts, in our lives, and in our homes. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. It wasn't just his birth that brought peace, but it was also his death. We saw this verse this morning, John chapter 14, verse number one. What did he say? Let not your hearts be troubled. Don't be troubled with all that's going on down here. My birth brought peace. My death will bring peace. I've got this all under control. And then he told them, he told them there that he was leaving. And then in verse 27 of John 14, he said this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Church family, that's not just an eternal peace. He's talking to some disciples that are really scared about how he's working in their world at that time. They're really scared about the events of their world at that time. They're really scared about what it's going to mean to be a follower of Jesus a month from now, six months from now, 12 months from now, five years from now. This is not eternal peace. This is not salvation he's talking about. He's saying, I'm leaving. Let not your heart be troubled. I'm leaving you with something. I'm leaving you with peace. I'm giving it to you. Not as the world giveth. We try to find peace. Sometimes we'll find peace in all different places and it's always a short-term, short-lived peace. He said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The message at the beginning of his incarnation uh, here on earth was peace. The message as he's getting ready to leave us, I'm leaving you with peace. If you are without peace this Christmas, whether you're in this room or watching online, you're either without Christ as Savior or you're without him as friend. What do I mean by that? You're either not a believer, and so there's no peace, or you've drifted on a practical level from his presence. And you try to do this thing on your own. And you turn on the news, and there's no peace. And you jump on social media, and there's no peace. And you look in the mirror, and there's no peace. And you check your emails, and it's more things to add on that brings you fear and not peace. If you know him as Savior, which I'm guessing the vast majority, if not every person in this room tonight, and there may be some that aren't, if you don't accept him as Savior tonight, but if you do, are you and I, are we living in the peace and the rest and the comfort that he wants his children to have while they're here? There is no need for fear, church. Why? Because peace personified came to earth at Christmas. Hark the herald angels sing, and glory to the newborn king. What is it? Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinner reconciled. What are the ensemble saying? I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and mild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. No points, no outline in this evening's message, just the simple but prominent message of God's gift to us that first Christmas, and I believe every Christmas since. Even in this crazy year of 2020, as we celebrate Christmas with COVID, what is the message of the Savior we celebrate at Christmas? What is his message? Peace. Peace. Eternal peace, knowing him as Savior. 
daily peace, walking with him as friend, trusting him as father. He wants to give you peace. Are you, are you struggling with fear? No, daddy, daddy, help, help, daddy. And I think the Heavenly Father looks at whatever it is that's causing that in us, kind of like I did at little Bailey. Honey, there's nothing to be scared of. Daddy's right here. That is the gift, if you don't have it, that God wants to give you this Christmas. Rest in my knowledge. Rest in my strength. Daddy knows that won't hurt you. Daddy, if that tries to hurt you, Daddy has more power than that little thing. Rest in my strength. Rest in my, not, not for me, but God says, in my omnipotence. Rest in me. What is it that has your heart in turmoil? What is it that has you losing sleep at night? God, I'm scared. I don't understand how you're working. This doesn't make sense to me. What was the message all through Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2? What is the message all through that? Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Peace. Peace. He shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. That brings peace. Peace. The Prince of Peace. He's wonderful. He's counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the Prince of Peace. At the end, disciples, let not your heart be troubled. I'm giving you peace. Not as the world gives. Oh no, I'm giving you a different peace. I've got it all under control. I think that's a great reminder for every one of us at Christmas time 2020. God wants to give us his peace that passes all understanding. Because guess what? If you told me the circumstances of your life and I told you mine, humanly speaking, it would make sense why you have no peace. But we're, we're not supposed to rest on that. He wants to give us a peace that passes understanding. Humanly speaking, I understand why you don't have peace. But in Christ, there's a rest. There's a trust. There's a faith. There's a peace. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.